What is up, everybody? This is Albert Campa for the Cantina MX podcast, and this is a sort of a special edition of the podcast on a Wednesday night, and we'll be uh, got some special guests with us here. Uh, we will have our podcast as normal tomorrow night as well, but this we're touching on a topic just for this evening. We've got two guests, and I'll do some introductions right now for our first guest, Rupinski, and Eugene... He comes from us to us from uh, from the state of mind covering sun. Uh, welcome, you. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, also, in our our second guest is Ivan Pineda of the Eagle Eye Podcast. How's it going, Ivan? Hey, gentlemen, how we doing? Doing good, doing good. And uh, our fellow Cantineros, first up, Joel. <clears throat> going, Joel from California. And then finally, Ron. But uh, let me uh, let me do something real quick for old Ron. Ronnie D, what's up? <laughs> I think he yeah, muted he, himself. He muted himself. He left. He no, no. Thank, thank, thank you guys. For that. I appreciate the uh, the intro. <laughs> okay. Glad to have everyone on. <clears throat> um, so the topic for today is... Uh, English coverage. Uh, Eugene, Ivan, and uh, Walter and I sort of were tweeting about this, and we decided to um, it'd be easier to discuss this on a podcast-type format. So today, um, I don't know if you guys recall our discussion, but I think I, I'm the sole guy with my point of view, and everyone else is sort of has, has the opposite. But I'll just really quickly give you guys my take. Um, even though, as John says, I'm a part, you know, I. I talk about Mexican soccer in English, so I'm sort of a proponent or involved in it to an extent, uh, but sort of am critical or doubtful of its, uh, I guess, use or or the need of it. So my, my, my point of view is um, when English coverage is mostly used is for um, Americans that are somehow interested in Mexican soccer or Mexican league or the Mexican national team, which is very rare. Usually <clears throat> they're not interested in soccer at all, or they are U.S. U.S. national team fans. Uh, and in the other cases where you have Mexican Americans who grew up in the U.S. and they, um, after a while, don't speak English or don't speak Spanish, and they want to still cover their, you know, their their home country's team. Uh, or sport in soccer and they can't, you know, they can't watch Univision, listen to the Spanish broadcast. They'd rather have some type of, type of English coverage. Uh, my argument is uh, these, when they don't, they sort of go to the point of not even liking uh, soccer at the same time. And that's sort of why I put that little uh, Howla de Oro music uh, because uh, it's sort of like uh, relevant to where the guy asks him, do you want to go back to Mexico? And the kid says, no, I don't want to go to Mexico. 
So, so what do you guys think? Sort of like a cultural issue, and you know, the, I'll ask I'll ask you, Gene, of the whole, I guess, English coverage, Liga MX, ENG, and three ENG, and all that. Sure. So. I, I think there's a there's a couple of different issues at play here, and, and you kind of have to to step back and and, and look at uh, each one of them to to see the whole uh, the whole picture. Um, I think that you uh, you know it, it, your point about uh, fans um, who are Mexican American and who do not uh, speak yeah, Spanish uh, having that connection uh, through uh, English language social media is a good one. Um, you know, and I think that also can extend into, uh, into other clubs, uh, or I'm sorry, other kind of demographics as well. I don't think it's necessarily limited to, to Mexican Americans. Um, you know, I, am not a Mexican American and, and enjoy, uh, the coverage. I'm also fortunate enough to speak enough Spanish that I can get by without, um, you know, having to rely on a lot of people. Um, aren't they? You know, they, they only speak uh, one language, um, and, and they would kind of need that. Um, you know, I, I also think that you're seeing kind of a shift in the overall, um, I guess, landscape uh, with with regards to sports here in America. Uh, you know, for pretty much everybody. I mean, soccer is certainly becoming much, much more popular than it than it really ever has been in this country. And it seems like it's only getting uh, more and more popular. Um, especially with younger kids, and that's not just for uh, Mexican American kids, but that's for uh, you know kids from from all uh, corners of, of of the globe. I can copy this. You know, so I, th I think that uh, you know I, I look at my own son who's who's uh, 14, and and he's you know into soccer. He's not super into it like I am, but he's aware of it enough where he you know has that exposure and. <coughs> For me, he has exposure to Liga MX, and he sees that it's fun. And, and you know, I, I think for him that's kind of normal. And I, I feel that that can be kind of the, the same for other kids uh, his age. I think they can, um, you know, if, if they're exposed to Liga MX because it is a fun league, um, you know, they can get into it. I guess I'll, I'll I'll hop in right after that. Um, I I I think I completely agree with you in in this one, Eugene. Um, I think the whole basis of this whole English language movement has actually I think been in the works for quite some time now. I think you see kind of the the in a sense a cultural shift. I think um, you see at this newer generation that's kind of growing up and you know growing up here in the states, and you you see that there's a tendency to want to. <laughs> interact with what you know but with the language you're more comfortable using and that's not to talk down on on speaking spanish or anyone who speaks spanish at all you know by no means necessary i think it's just you kind of have to look at the picture and where is this sport going in the united states in regards to the Liga Mekis. and i think you see that there could be you know a wave of english language coverage coming in the near future uh, we already have it now with uh with fox getting those tv deals with for tijuana and i mean you know you could see that some people already are kind of liking it and there's always those people who kind of uh maybe are a little bit against it because uh you know 
it's 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 two different ways of viewing viewing soccer. One way is to view it in, in English, the way in Spanish. Some people argue that in Spanish there's a, a more intimacy in that sense that you know you there's more passion behind it. There's there's a lot more drive to it. And in English, you you kind of see it more as a neutral perspective. There isn't really much of an oomph in in that aspect. But I think it's it, it's going to be good for the league in in a whole if it keeps going down this kind of road where you see. Uh, more teams taking advantage of the English language market, like Cholos have, uh, not, not excuse me, not Cholos, like America, like, like Santos. Um, who's the other team? It's, it's slipping out of my mind. Who's the other team that has an English account? Santos, Santos, Cholos, Cholos, Santos, Cholos. And America. Oh, Cholos too. Okay, so, so I was right. Cholos, Santos, Cholos, Santos, and America. And, you know, the three. And then you can only imagine what uh, w- what the shift would be like if, for example, Chivas gets an, an account in English, or you get a Cruz Azul, or you, or you get a Tigres or Monterrey. And it's 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 just gonna kind of you know pave the road even more, <clears> to where <throat> you can see this kind of just grow into something even bigger. And I would argue to say something better. If I can kind of yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. If I can kind of jump in here, uh, you know, so Sholos was really the first uh, team to have an English language presence as far as social media goes, and that's born out of necessity. I mean, uh, with it, the team being right on the border, drawing a lot of its fans from San Diego, from Southern California, uh, that that's kind of a necessity. They kind of had to have that if they were going to reach uh, uh, fans on, on that side of the fence. Um, Santos came in, I think in 2012 or 2013, uh, and got their English language uh, social media started up and have done a fantastic job. Um, but, you know, the real game changer has been America. Um, America came in uh, earlier this year and started their own English language social media. And that's such a huge event. Um, America is one of the biggest teams on the continent and in the Western Hemisphere. Um, whether you like them, whether you're a Chivas fan, you have to admit they're one of the biggest teams on this side of the planet. And for them to have the foresight to say, yeah, we talk to our fans in Spanish like we've always done. We're also going to talk to them now in English because there is a huge portion of the world that doesn't speak Spanish, it speaks English. We're going to go after them. I think that's huge. I think that's so big and I think you know, with a big team like that, you're going to start to see other teams uh, to, to start to, to pick up uh, on that. Yeah, my, my argument is, I mean, I agree pretty much with what you guys are saying. My, my argument, and it's, you know, I don't I don't disagree that these teams should continue to try to cater to the English-speaking market, but <laughs> I, I just see the numbers coming in as, as very few. Like, I think very few fans will be interested uh, in the English cultures. Like, take, for example, on on Univision, the Facebook transmissions that Nico and uh, Ramses do are in English. But if you go at the comment, if you go look at the comments, uh, they're yeah, all the pretty live much chat. discussing stuff. They're, they're all, the live chat's all in Spanish. Yeah. And, then I was, the, and I know it's, yeah. No, I agree with you, Chiki. I've, and I've done that. I hear an echo. <laughs> so, so I've done that just just to see how many people are talking in English. I've gone I've gone to the English feed, and and uh, and I'm doing the live chat, and I'll start typing in English just to see how many people respond. And it's 
It's 90, over 95% is just Spanish. Yeah, and part of that is because Univision <clears throat> is, an, uh, is a known entity for Spanish only, and this whole Facebook and English is, is sort of new, so... Um, that, that's, that's part of the reason, but I think it, it does show a little bit of, yes, English is, is needed out there. Like, we, we can have kids that only speak English and as they like, as they enjoy soccer, they'll look to English coverage of the Mexican league. But I think it's just really, the, the kids are between, um, and, and these accounts, I don't see the numbers for these English accounts to, to equal, ever equal, or even come close to the numbers of followers that are in the Spanish accounts. So I think there is a market out there. It's just not totally huge. The one thing that will convince me, though, is if all of a sudden there's a soccer channel on TV that's just 100% English covering Mexican League. In the U.S., then I'll be, okay, this is this is legit. That, that's where I'm going but, uh, with That's you sort of my, my argument. That's and that's and I would have to agree with you on that, Chiquis, because, I mean, even, like, for example, NBC's, you know, uh, you know Telemundo's Mundos, you know, channel that uh, was aimed for the, you know, the, the, the U.S. Hispanic, it didn't really do too well. And I, I think they even changed, I think, what is that, uh, NBC Universal or whatever, but stuff like that. But it, it didn't really get the, 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 the ratings nor the, the attention that they had, they had hoped. And, you know, when I started, you know, when I started, you know, cover, or seeing, you know, uh, Mexican soccer in English, and we're going back into the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, it was just basically what Luis Bueno, uh, what's his name, Andrea Canales, you know, Joel, myself, yeah. uh, Bernardo Fallas. And none of these guys, and none of these guys are basically, you know, you know, th those guys are like, you know, they're kind of like, the, you know, the, the, the ones that were in the very beginning, and, and most of them are already out of, you know, the yeah. business. Right. Ron, yeah. if you, if just going off of what you said, yeah, if you look for English content from back then, it's, you'll probably find it in the Geocity page. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> uh, like when we, when we used to write, <clears throat> you know? You know yeah, and, no, and, like and that's the other part, Ron. A lot of that stuff got lost once they updated. People updated servers or, or they, they changed. Cause, cause like me and Ron, we started when, when uh, gold.com was soccer age. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of that soccer age stuff—it's it just got lost. You know, it's gone with the wind. And I still have screenshots, you, though. You know, that's, you that's have, good. <laughs> I still have screenshots of my articles. Yeah, and we had articles of like the sales, sales, Copa Pre Pre Libertadores. You know, when I was when I was a college student at the <laughs> University of Houston, you know, and I still have like those really crappy pictures. But, but, but that, that name, I used to take. that name though, Copa Sears Pre Pre Libertadores. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds made up. No, but, like, but I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I hope, I hope that it, it does catch on, and, and I hope that you know actual, you know, uh, jobs are created. <clears throat> but like, you know, for example, you know, I know that you know America put the English, you know, feet on it. But I mean, really, I mean, that's that's like giving the guy in Mexico City's, you know, social media just another duty to do, you know. Well, I, I mean, they actually, they, they, I actually met the guy who runs the uh, who runs the English language account. Um, and I got to speak with him uh, about about kind of the idea of, of of what it was, why 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 even start the account. Um, and he said the, the that the team was just uh, was was all in it. That it was something that they had in the works for quite some time. Um, they, they they knew that the that that uh, that the fandom was there. That they they wanted uh, you know the English 
coverage and all that. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they took their time and, and they orchestrated it very well. I think, I think this year was probably one of the best years for them to, to be able to drop this because I think you, you gentlemen put it perfectly. It, it, back then, it, it, it wasn't even a thing to even, you know, think about Mexican league being covered in English. But I think it's just the way that a generation just kind of grows up. And, and you see more, more, uh, you know, more kids being developed here in the United States that, but, you know, have but kind you're, of. But you're, you're, you're failing to see one thing. When we were doing it back then, Europe wasn't really in the picture. Now you're, you're bombarded with European soccer, with Champions League, with the English you're, Premier League and stuff like that. So now you got more competition. You bring me to it, Ron. You, I was, I was just heading there because, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, there, there used to, it, it used to be where you know where South America it was the South Americans and the Central Americans who their dream you know I'm talking about their children their dream was to play in in Europe and before you know back then the Mexican children their dream was to play for America Chivas Cruz Azul you know Pumas now now even here in the U S <laughs> and even though in Mexico kids they're trying to start you know their dreams are to start to playing in Europe now so like you know Mexican the league has competition now. Because of you know because of of all the channels that they, they have access to the social media that they have access to, so I mean yeah. I, I I don't I don't until I start seeing actual jobs being created where you're seeing U.S. Hispanics with filling up those jobs I'm, I'm, I'm I, I kind of have to be with you know with Beto on this where I'm very very skeptical. Well, I, Ron, let me let me add to what you said because you know when I was going to high school that was that was how you started the football conversations you know you. People would ask you, Chivas or America? Yeah. You know, what, what team you went for? And, and I went to high school, you know, um, uh, early, mid, mid 90s, 95. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, I was volunteering. I was at this, uh, after school program like two years ago. And the kids there, they were talking about soccer. And, and their thing was, are you Messi or Ronaldo? <laughs> that's, that's what it is now, man. And and if we go back maybe ten years when we were all like like on the forums in big soccer, and we used to make fun of like because because you would see all these fans that would started adapting European teams. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hopeful. I hope that the 2026 uh, World Cup. I'm hopeful that it does change the landscape and where you have a large larger presence and you know you have like I mean I'm, I'm ho- I hope that Telemundo or they start on that, like you said, a channel where it's, you know, full coverage of the Mexican League, but in English, you know, with, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that it does that. But again, I wouldn't hold my breath. Well, I, I, would, I would look at it this way. You know, you guys have obviously been doing this for, for a long, long time. And, and look yeah. at the strides that not only Liga Mekis has made, but the coverage of the Yankees in both English and Spanish. Look at how different it is now uh, as uh, against what it was, you know, 10 years ago. But, but you know what? Uh, I'll say that's more to do with social media than, you oh, know, for sure. anything the, else. The landscape is, is, is always and forever changing. And I think that one of the great things about social media and it's great. It's, it's one of the great equalizers. You don't have to have a whole lot of capital to start up your own TV network. You don't have to have Chivas TV or Chelsea TV or whatever. You can, you know, with a couple of email addresses, start a Twitter account, start a, uh, a Facebook account, 
and start engaging fans, and whether that's in English or Spanish or French or Norwegian or whatever, like you do this and it costs nothing. Um, you know, I think soccer, the popularity of soccer has kind of exploded. And I think one of the, the things that I, I keep kind of thinking about is that, yeah, like Europe, is, I, I think is always going to be the gold standard. I think you're always going to have people looking to go to Europe. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with not being Europe. Um, you know, it, it's okay to be the Western Hemisphere. It's okay to be Mexico. It's okay to be Liga Mekis or MLS or, you know, Syria and Brazil or whatever. Um, you know, and I, I think that if you can kind of define yourself by that, if these leagues can figure out where they are, they don't have to try and be... Um, you know, Europe, they don't have to try and be La Liga, they don't have to try and be the EPL. Uh, you know, they don't go up against them in, in time slots, you know. So I can wake up in the morning uh, here in the East Coast and I can watch, uh, you know, a, a team in England and then I can wait a few hours and I can watch a team in Mexico, you know. And then I can wait a couple more hours and watch a team here in the U.S. Like, it's it's not that big of a deal. I, I think you, you shouldn't try and pigeonhole fans in, into saying, okay, well, they're, they're just European fans, they're just English fans, they're just... Spanish fans or whatever, I think, you know, you can have multiple teams in this day and age, especially with the accessibility uh, of teams from around the world. I think you put it perfectly, Eugene. I think it's, 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 we can't categorize uh, fans in, in, into kind of little sections like, okay, you support all, you support English Premier League teams, you support Italian leagues, you, you only support Liga Mekki teams. I think Eugene makes it perfectly. You, you have, you're entitled to being a fan of as many teams as you want to be. I think if, if we try to pivot each league against each other too, I think that's kind of going to be the downfall of the Liga Mekis because you, you can't compare these two. You, you can't compare a Premier League against a Liga Mekis team only because, and I'm not even talking about play or style. I'm just talking financially speaking. The Prem's going to have more money, which is going to be able to reach out more people than the Liga Mekis can. I think that's something important too that we kind of have to keep in perspective. Yeah, you, you know, you know what? Um, the the Liga MX actually did a study. They hired a company. I forgot the name of it, but they hired a company. Mitovsky? is it Mitovsky? One, yeah, one of those man. But uh, this dude was uh, Luis Miguel Salvador, who used to be the he used to be the GM at Monterrey, and he was he was giving an interview, and I think he said too much. He, <laughs> He revealed too much stuff. So he was giving an interview on ESPN radio and he was talking about, um, and, and this is going back to why they did, uh, they did away with the foreigner restriction rule in Liga MX. Because, and, and I'm sure you remember, Ron, Liga MX had been, you know, because it used to be Primera División A and, and from back then they were talking about just, really branding and then how they, they were, they were looking at the EPL model. Yeah. And, and then one of the names was to call it the premier, the Mexican premier league. But, but they, <laughs> they had, yeah, now, Ron, I remember you, you were talking about this from way back then, how, how they saw how like even they would put like logos in the food and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 You like said? they were trying to, they were trying to professionalize <laughs> everything. Like, you know, from the, the whole fan experience where even like when you buy a, 
you know, uh, Papas Fritas and stuff like that. The rapper has, you know, <laughs> all all the logo and the merchandising and stuff like that. So I mean, they were they were trying to. Uh, in fact, yeah. if, if I'm not mistaken, I think at the time it was uh, Club America's president Perez Toyser who's the one that went over there to uh, Manchester United, and, and and saw a lot. Of, and, they, and he went to a bunch of the clubs in in in, in the first in the Premier League, and they were basically, you know, they were just trying to you know learn how to brand the 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 league and, and the clubs and stuff like that. But it, it never really came to to fruition. But um, well, I mean, they kind of some of the stuff like the stadiums and some of the demands. That, that they're making for the clubs now, it comes from that. But but the whole rebranding of the league, I, 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 you, you I could go back to what was it, Ron, 2005, when they were already thinking of, like, rebranding the whole league well, and, I mean, and just I, to make it more marketable. I, I, I think I think what had to do more of that was the whole, you know, fiasco with Colibris, where, you know, they didn't have <laughs> the funds and, and, they were, and the, the owner was just a joke. You know, and, and stuff like that, and it ended up where the league had to, you know, assume the the, the expenses. Was he running and, a Ponzi scheme? Like, it, no, no. He, he, the dude, I think his name was Jorge Rodriguez. He tried to. Uh, he was an owner of this uh, defunct airline, and uh, he basically was trying to promote his uh, his company, and he just didn't have the funds. So, not it, it only sounds like Club de Cuervos, man. <laughs> well, not only did they get relegated. Uh, he owed all his players, you know, money. So the the the, the federation basically said, "Okay, look, we're assumed the uh, you're basically out of the." You know, he became persona non grata, never allowed to be in the in the in, the, in football again. Mexico, <clears throat> uh, with the condition that you know the Mexican federation actually paid half of the the the, the salaries that, that that were owed to the players. So the players never got their full salaries. <laughs> so after well, the, the the following season, that that's when they came up with. With uh, with uh, I think at the time they had to be liquid, uh, five million dollars, you know, liquid. Now we're going back in '93, or I'm talking 2003. You know, now that number is a lot higher. I mean, it's <laughs> Liga Mekis, man. That's it's it's starting to become a billionaire boys club, you know. It, yeah, that's where it's headed. So that's why I'm I'm, I'm gonna finish with this Luis Miguel Salvador interview. So he was saying how they. FMF, you know that. Uh, so FMF is all the president, all the club presidents of, of Liga MX. So they hired this company and and to just do a whole study of like what they needed to improve. And and that was, he said that um, they needed more international players, and that was one of the big reasons they they did away with the whole restriction where it used to be like four foreigners between four and five, depending if you played in Provincia or LFA. And and they did away with it. You could pretty much line up a whole squad. What was it? What is it? Nine, nine eleven. What, what is it now? Huh? The last nine one nine now. Nine. Yeah, but you you have no limit now. Like you you could have like thirty players registered. No, yeah. Uh, I mean, so, I guess that's in in that study. It it, it makes sense <clears throat> as to why they would you know want to bring in you know bigger international players if you want to kind of make you know. Make your league appear seem, you know, more, uh, more, more eye catching. But, but you know what? You know what, Ivan? I don't agree with that though, man. I, I think that's, that's like trying to compete with, with a Champions League or an EPL. And I, I just find that like going the wrong way. Cause like, if you look at like South America, like, like Argentina, I think that's, that's a good, like, like a better comparison. 
You could really? have a really exciting league just being filled with homegrown product. I, you don't I need remember, to bring petardos from, from you know. It, it, that's, and that was my point. A couple of years, we're going back, you know, I think in the, in the early 2000s, they were, there, was a, there were talks, I recall, that they were trying to do, they were thinking of basically uh, imposing that all foreigners that would come to the league had to be national te- national team players of their respective countries, and I mean, in going to Hoyle's point, you know, right now when you know, I, you know, as an Americanista, I, I see you know some of the players that the, the team has, and I'm like, they're not worthy of being you know part of that team. So it's like when you're when you're filling up the team with seven, eight, you know, nine foreign players. I mean, a lot of these guys are second rate, you know, and that's and that's just and that's not just for America. I mean, that's you know, Cruz Azul, Pachuca, you know, all you know these these teams. It's like, I, I don't, I, I still don't see, I, I still don't see Liga MX as a better product with the amount of uh, foreigners. I mean, it, yes, in theory, it's supposed to be better, but it's I, I don't see, it. I really don't see it. I so think you're always going to have. No, sorry. You have missteps. I think you know with with any league, whether it's the Yamekis, whether it's EPL, you, they're going to do things. You just kind of scratch your head and go, "Why did they do that?" Uh, you know, I, I think you know you're right. I think having four international players is probably a little too few. Um, I think having unrestricted rights to, to sign international players uh, is, is too many, and, and somewhere in the middle. Is going to be a zone where most everybody feels comfortable. You're never going to be able to, to please everybody, I don't think. Uh, but it's it's a process. It's a process to get there. Um, you know, sometimes you'll luck out and you'll you'll hit it right on the first shot. Uh, you know, Liga MX hasn't done that with uh, the international players, and I think you're always going to have that kind of argument. Should this be a more EPL style league where you know you can you can pretty much bring in international players at will, or is it? Sh- Going to be more of a of a conduit for uh, players to come up, uh, Mexican players to come up and, and be part of L three. You know that's a debate for the ages, and I don't think there's any right answer. Um, finding a good middle ground that's going to satisfy everybody that's it's going to take some time. I think the league is doing uh, good things in at least trying the the nine nine and ten eight rules. Uh, you know we'll see we'll see how it goes. We'll see whether uh, teams are, are still competitive. We'll see if that leads to more Mexicans going abroad, more Mexican players coming up uh, into L3 and, and thriving. Um, you know, it's, it's a process. I, I, I think, I, I know, I mean, it's too early to tell, but I think the fact that, you know, you know and this goes with, you know, the, the Mexican national team, the fact that the U.S., Honduras, and, you know, a lot of the teams in CONCACAF were in transition and were, you know, weak throughout the, 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 the World Cup qualifiers. Once they rebuild, I'm actually worried about the Mexican national team because of, because of the amount of foreigners, because I don't think that Mexico is going to be producing enough. And Mexico is about to be in a transitional phase, you know, for rebuilding the national team. I mean, I, I don't see Guardado, you know, I don't see Guardado coming back. You know, Chicharito, I, you know, there's, you know, I'm worried, and, 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 and I'm worried about the national team because I'm worried that, you know, the amount of foreigners taking away, you know, spots, you know, 
will cause a problem. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, the, the Mexican National League needs uh, the league to produce. You know, it's not like it's not like we have, you know, Mexican players all over the world, you know. I mean, but isn't that kind of like kind of like Eugene was saying, kind of like the the debate of all debates in the sense that what do you do? Do you do you just field out a whole bunch of Mexicans and and hope that that's enough competition within the league? As yes, I'm gonna say yes, Ivan. Sorry to interrupt you. Finish your thought, but I'm gonna say yes. I I I think that the Mexican national team, or I'm sorry, not the national, the 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 league needs to get back into the Sudamericana and the Copa Libertadores. I I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Uh, uh, because I I think that's I mean that's where that's when you started to see you know players you know more Mexican players playing abroad was after they started playing you know in the Copa Libertadores and and and, and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. It's just um um I don't I don't see you know the the nine whatever the ten whatever rule. I, I don't see that as a good thing in the long term. I mean it's because because. If, if I'm going back to what I was saying, if we field out a whole just league of just pure Mexicans, and it, it, it probably it solves one problem, it solves the fact that uh, Mexico will start producing more talent. But uh, is would there be enough competition within that that league to kind of really develop these wait, kids? You, you, wait, wait, wait! I, I wouldn't say all Mexicans. You could still have three to four foreigners. And, so we're and when you just have when you just have three to four, that just means that teams. Make a bigger effort that those three or four they bring are quality. really good, good and, quality. And, yeah, and, because you and Horley used to get mad at me because I used to call him out on this, and he, he would get his you know, his feelings hurt. But I oh, used to what? tell I, I used to tell him, you know, I used to t- I used to tell him that you know you know the fact that you know Chivas played with all Mexicans, you know, prior to Salcido and Chicharito, there was twenty years where Chivas didn't really produce. You know, a, a national team player that was really worth, you know, their, their salt. And, and, and it's like, you know, the fact that you have Cruz Azul, America, Pumas, you know, that play, you know, with foreign players and produce better players, especially in, you know, in the offense. It's, it, you know, I'm, I'm all for competition, you know, which, like I said, you know, hey, you know, bring me Aguinaga, bring me Cardoso, bring me those guys, you know, please. I, I welcome those players any day. Yeah. So, so you that's know, what, I used to, and, and, and you know, the Hoyle and I used to get in long arguments about this, but, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I, I, I'm serious. I'm serious. It's like, you know, for 20, 25 years, America didn't really produce, or I'm not saying America, Chivas didn't really produce a, a like, a, wow, a spectacular player, you know? You know what, Ron, just to add to that, even, even then, like, if you think about, it was mostly Pumas going like from the 70s, 80s. Yeah. And then, um, after that, if, if you think of like Atlas, that was like in the 90s, you know, around the time of Bielsa when yeah. Bielsa went in there. So it, yeah, there, there wasn't much coming in from, from Provincia, man. No, you don't know from Chivas <laughs> because uh, like I said, I, I, I'm all for competition. It, you know, it makes, it makes for you know for better players. No, but but this is my other thing because uh, I'm saying Provincia because that's that's from that area. But you're talking about Mexico City, which is like big, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's it should be and it's not, but it should be the the London, the Buenos Aires 
for Mexico, you know. When you think of the amount of clubs and the amount of players that come from that area, and yeah. you just don't really have it. I mean, you just have, what, three clubs in in Mexico City? You have five. It should now be, you, it should now be. you have three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it should, Atlantic, be, it should yeah. be like... It should be way more, dude. It should be. It should be way more. It should be more it, than it, five. It, it used to. It used to. Yeah, I mean, Necaxa, Atlante. And then you also have the Spanish teams, Asturias and España. Uh, but you know, <laughs> shit happens. <laughs> kind of Toros Nesa, even though they're on the outskirts. Oh yeah, Nesa York. <laughs> Nesa York. <laughs> That's what they used to call it. So, so I've been having some uh, technical difficulties, and uh, sounds like you guys have. So, yeah, uh, we, we don't need to check Yeah, wait, wait. Just make sure this thing is working. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but but you know what? I, I want to make. Okay. I just want to finish my point about like, if you, just the more um, if you have like three or four, and they're quality foreigners, the more the more local talent you have, the the greater odds of a lot of those players are going to end up being really good. Because, I mean, think of, like, Uruguay. Think of the Uruguay League. They're not known for having any good, you know, if you, if you go to the Uruguay League, they're, they're not going to have some of the better um, foreign players. No. They don't have the money, dude, with, with 3 it's million people, with, with, three, with 3 million, you know, population. There's only so much... You know, uh, finance money that 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 each team could generate. And it's, so, it's, dude, they don't they no. don't even have even their training, you know, facilities. And you've seen interviews with with Uruguayos that go to Liga MX, yeah, and they say, so, "Um, hey, what was that Uruguayo from from Pumas?" And he was I, like, I he go, was I go first. Unfortunately, he made the news this week. The same, the same. Is that the same guy? Same guy, same guy that uh, got into a, a round of fisticuffs with uh, no, Cibor. But... <laughs> I, I was, t- I was telling Eugene there was something more there, man. There's, but, but, but wait, don't, don't let me get distracted. Um, um, well, this, it's funny because in, in, pri- in our private chats, you know, I'm telling you, in our in our private chats, it's like, you know, I was thinking. He either called a player a racial slur, or he uh, made a pass at a player's wife. Because I'm normally, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'm like, because normally when a player and a, and a coach fight, it's not the player or the coach that leads, you know. But no, no, it's, it's not over stuff like that either, man. Because South America's harsher, dude. Yeah, it's sure. it's harsher the things that they'll tell you, man. Like concha <laughs> and stuff like that. But, <laughs> But, but Ron, don't distract me, Way. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, remember that interview he gave with, it was with Pumas, and he was saying how when he was in Uruguay, and he had, he had like, his shoes, he had to, he had, like, the same, the same cleats for so many years, he had to, like, tape them up so he, to keep them from falling apart. And he said, yeah. I get to Pumas, and I see this, like, I see, I see the juveniles, and, and, and they're wearing brand new gear, like, Top to bottom. Yeah. They got all these trainers. They got all this new stuff. And I'm thinking like, goals. you know, I was like, and, and, and I even go back to like a few years back, there was this, uh, Toluca used to have this partnership with some Uruguayo team. They used to send their youth and they did an interview with the youth and they said like, they didn't even have hot water in, in the, you know, for, for where, after they finished training, 
They didn't even have water. Well, I, mean, I think that's they, one of the big differences between, you know, Uruguay and, and Mexico. And, you know, Uruguay doesn't have the, the economy around soccer like Mexico does. No. You know, no. Uruguay is probably always going to be a league that develops young talent and sells it on um, yeah. in, in order to survive. Yeah, uh, by necessity. Because, yeah, I mean, they, they have to. They have no other option. There, there's no team there uh, that, that can – you know, pay ten million uh, for for a player. You know? Yeah, but um, but there. But oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think Mexico's situation is different. I think Mexico, and they're they're trying to figure out what they are. Are they a league that sells on players, or are they a, a league that buys players oh, from the? But Mexico's leagues? never been an exporters league. They always been. A, they've always brought in players. Yeah, but yeah. The, most of the conversations that, that we have revolves around, oh, well, who's going to be the next Mexican player that goes to Europe? Who's going to be the next Europeo? You know? But, but yeah, but you're, you're right about but that's that. That's recent. You know, you're holding, wow. you know, that Mexico's always been, you know, a buy, you know, that they always buy. But the problem is that the press at times, they criticize, you know, when they spend over, over, you know, when they spend, you know, for foreigners as opposed to investing in, in, in canteranos. So it's like, you know, that's something to write about. But, but I mean, Ron, that, that's my point. You don't have to invest that much in Cantaranos. You see Uruguay, dude. They don't even, they don't no, even they have don't, water, but, dude. But, they don't but, even but, give them shoes, dude. But, but, know, all but, you got to give them is playing time. That, that's but, all you need, you, playing time. Just throw them in there as much you, playing time as they can get, and you're ultimately going to get more play. That's just numbers game, dude. The more, the more players but, you have playing – the better odds you have of unearthing some gem. It's not so much, I mean? though. The thing about, you know, there's two things that really make Uruguay a, 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 a very good, you know, country that produces soccer players. And one is it's got the, the, the culture, the sporting culture. I mean, you said it yourself in, in Montevideo. There's like 14, 15 professional uh, clubs, you know, between the first and second, you know, second division or whatever. But also they're co- they have, you know, per, you know, a, a, a coach to, you know, to football ratio. It's it's relatively low, so I mean, you know, these coaches are really able to to work with the players that they have, and unfortunately, you know, Mexico with this population and and stuff like that, you know, sometimes the players don't aren't getting are getting the proper coaching for for a number of reasons, but you know, that's one actually that's one thing that actually serves to to Uruguay's uh, advantage. But I, I think mean, now we're that, that brings up another what's that another point on this uh, if. On this Mexican or English coverage, is if if the United States had the soccer culture or the uh, uh, like you said of of, Europe, of Uruguay, yeah, and then it would be a huge market for English language because all these all these guys, even the Americans, would be loving any type of soccer. Mexican soccer but, but would be right, you know, it's a neighbor. But so the they U.S. Would be, too big, be, though, you know, um, Chiquis. It's just too big, and you know. It's too big a country. It's, it's going to take a, a bit longer. I mean, I think I think the, the soccer culture in the country is headed that in that direction. I think, like like Joel said, it's going to take a little bit more time for it to reach kind of every corner. But I think ultimately, if if, if I'm going back to what we were just discussing, I think you you, you kind of fall into in, in, into what what is it that you want this league to be? Does the Mexican league want to continue to be that league that brings in 
players that buys players that wants to produce a uh, a much higher talented league or is it going to be an exporting league because it, it, it sounds like that's what a lot of people want it to be too because like you said who's going to be your next Chicharito who's going to be our next Ochoa who's going to be that next Chucky Lozano to kind of make it into the European that's kind of been our shift now in regards to our but, players hmm? which but you know what wanted to be an exporting league instead of this kind of high profile league that maybe we all want it to be but you know I'm gonna tell you something Yvonne there's a big like uh, one of the big things for making money in DMX is, is in uh buying and selling players so they buy players from South America really cheap, and then they sell them. And and I'm telling you, if you go way back, like 90s, early 2000s, there was a big problem just because you had cartels, even FARC, using using player transfers to wash money. And it's it's still it's still there's still a lot of scams with that. You you could see how many foreigners come in. And then they don't even get playing time. They just buy them just because they know they're going to make a profit sooner or later. And, and the, they paid X amount of money and they, which hurts, which hurts a lot Mexican youth because then it cuts the number of players you could have in the first team, you know? Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And, and it, it, what you just said kind of reminded me what I was what I was going with earlier too was um you, you we you said that the league would benefit from having about four to five talented very good foreigners to come into the league. Yeah. Now my question is though, how many teams can actually afford to buy four to five good foreign players in the league? Well, you you know what, a lot of times that just means you're gonna have to be better at scouting. So, for example, Necaxa, dude, Necaxa beat AC Milan to Alex Aguinaga. You know, you know, <laughs> yes, like I remember, I, I remember Toluca, Toluca, when you know when they had Lebrija. I mean, their yeah. scouts were, were their their scouts were, were spot on, dude. Yeah, dude, they brought Cardoso. Cardoso, Vicente Sanchez. I mean, it, it seemed like every foreign player that Toluca w- was bringing in, it's like, dude, they were producing. And Juan, also Tecos. Tecos and even Atlante. The, the Tecos yeah. scouts used to be they dude they brought Sebastián Abreu. Yeah, hey, that guy became that was a national team player caliber, Uruguay national team player, and yeah, and but, they brought him in. Uh, but Chita, you the, 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 today, not the and not not about what what the teams had well, done. I mean, but today it doesn't matter because they they took away the restriction, so now you could just you have a limited and you know. Yeah, but if we're gonna implement this new, this, this, it, for example, let's say they, they, they all of a sudden do kind of a, a 180 and say, okay, you can only have now four, you can only field four foreigners on the field, and 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 now teams are kind of stuck on, okay, now we now got to bring in these really good foreign players if we want to compete. Uh, but do we have one the money for it, and two, do we have, well, like you said, the scouts for it? Oh, the money's there, dude. South America's broke. Yeah, it's super, the money's there. It's super broke, dude. Dude, Argentina is like, is Argentina, Uruguay, Chile, those, those, but, dude, but you're now, going to Costco and you're, you're bargain shopping. But, but I'm, I'm saying like, <laughs> it, it sounded like if you wanted these four or five good foreign national team caliber players, it would sound like you're trying to pick them even out of Europe. That's not, not going to happen though. America. Like all these, all these players you guys are talking about, 
like Gabriel and all these guys. Yes, they were national team calibers, but they weren't national team stars for their South American countries. And Cardoso I think that's, might... that's what we want. <gasps> Wait, what Car- are you talking about? Cardoso Car- Car- was Car- a star, man. Cardoso, Aguinaga, they, they were... Dude, they Aguinaga, were... he's got their mic on, dude. Cheeky. <laughs> what the... Someone oh, even now you see even, even now even now you see Gaitan uh not Gaitan. Well Delgado, Gaitan, even those guys, they're fringe players. I, okay, there are exceptions, like you guys are saying. But even uh Gignac, I mean he didn't even make the French rule. I mean, that's sort of a hard a hard ask, but but, but um, he was he, he did make the Euros, you know. Yeah, he, he was what, half an inch? Ron, was he half an inch from hitting the yeah. hitting the yeah. sweet spot? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he scores was. that goal, dude, in the final. Forget about it, man. So yeah, and, and I'm, is it, this is John's thing, man. He's not here. He would tell you though, yeah. if, if Ginag scores that game-winning clutch goal for France in the in the Euro, dude, Liga MX would have just been national news for a long time. So, so know, what's the connection? But, but, but hold on, Chiki. But going to what Ivan was, you know what the league needs to decide whether we're going to be an importer's league or an exporter's league and stuff like that or, you know, invest in... in they decided, Ron, they decided to be importers, dude. That's the whole foreigner rule. And you know what? And, uh, you know, I, I I go back and I think, you know, I think of, of the 93-94 Ajax team. I think of the Barcelona team with, you know, Frank <clears throat> Richard. And I think of the of the Boca Juniors, so you know, with you know Bianchi, where most of the players, the key players, were, were you know came up through their ranks in their academies with using you know you know two, three, four, you know, uh, top foreign talent. And I, I I've always thought that that's the best you know the best system to use. You know, is um, it the best system for the long term, or is it the best system I, for when it I, comes I, out? I, and I, I, I think that I think that that's when you produce. I think that's when you produce a, you know a team, a backbone, you know, uh, where the, there's 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 the core players like the core group, and and then you just you know you get two three you know four four players. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think Ajax only had like one one or two players that were not part of their of their uh, of their academy. Everybody else, you know, you know what came in from that Ajax academy, and, and you know obviously with you know. Uh, uh, also with Barcelona, you know, most of their players, with the exception of like you know Messi and Ronaldinho and, and, and Deco and stuff like that, but most of those players were from the Barcelona, you know, from the, uh, from their academy, and 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 that and that that even holds true for America during their you know during their their golden years, you know, when you had you know Luna, uh, Tena, uh, you know, uh, uh, Cristobal Ortega and all those type of guys. All those guys came in and they and they just had you know just two or three. You know, good foreign players. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, and that that also you know you know holds true for you know Cruz Azul when they were like you know in their golden you know in their prime. Uh, so, I, 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 for me, I, I don't see I don't see this you know five nine ten you know players, and I understand why they're doing it because it you know unfortunately, and and, and I when I, I I'll try to look for the magazine. You know, Football Total you had a had a list. Of all the players that the four, you know, the Mexican teams, you know, owned, and most of them, they were just, you know, being traded to other teams, other leagues, and stuff like that. Because, like Holy said, it's a, it's a it's a it's a money maker. 
Well, Ron, didn't at one point America have 30 foreigners in their payroll? Yeah. And I'm sad to say <laughs> three that, teams. Know, as an Americanista, that's sad, you know, but unfortunately, like you said, it's a business, you know. Those are three or four teams worth of extranjeros, man. Yeah. So, so how does this connect to the whole English coverage? Because I think we sort of <laughs> straight <laughs> off. A little bit. I mean, it, so the importers, oh. exporters, importers, exporters, it, I mean, that's sort of like another issue. But I, I mean, think we, I, I think, I think we it, just... does, it does find a way to tie down into that because I think if if we become this import league, then we can start. Re, uh, then we can kind of reach more of an audience, in a sense. If we were just kind of like an export league, I don't know if I'm if, if, if I'm ever make any sense saying that. Well, that makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, but Liga MX has always been an importers league. I mean, that that that's that's been their business model since since the seventies. I mean, that's just oh, John, John's here. Welcome, John. It's just. Uh, yeah. Lamigo Jan. Sorry, sorry, I've been in the hospital. Where's Jan's uh, oh, intro music? It's always been an And Jan. We need some intro music for Jan. <laughs> but I think John put it perfectly. It, it, it's, it's been the basis of the league, but I think now you, you, you see a kind of, they're trying to step it up. They're trying to be kind of the Premier League of this side of the world. The, the thing yeah, that but then I they got to start signing players to do that. And then, they, I mean, Outside of a Gignac, uh, I mean, I really, I mean, who, who in the past three or four years has any club signed that, Jonathan uh, Gonzalez. Of that kind of pedigree? Jonathan who? Gonzalez. Jonathan Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> See, this, that, that's that's my point of, of like going to the English coverage. You're not going to import the any. The big problem that Liga Mekis is going to run into over the next three or four years is. No, I, I I agree, I mean, I, and, and I'm 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 not gonna argue with the fact that we, power change. yeah, the, we don't have that kind of money to compete to bring a. Oh, well, they have the money. Don't don't think that they don't have the money. They have the money. Yeah, but they're not gonna splash they just, sixty million for a William or for a, uh, a or a Coutinho, or they're not gonna bring in a Pogba. That's well, what I mean, I understand that, but, but but what they can bring in is the. You know, and then they said they said they bring you know the the, the, the super duper superstars, but there's I mean they of mid level. I mean Gignac at the time was, you know, a, a, at best a, a mid level guy. So I mean, yeah. if, if those are the players, I mean, don't get guys that are past their prime. You know, you know, get guys that are on the other side of twenty five, that still have four or five years to give. You know, that have had a a, a decent career. And you know you, you don't have to shell out the sixty seventy million. You can, you can shell out ten or fifteen. That'd be Wait. fine. But again, you, you know what, one of the things that the, the, that you know playing in the Libertadores and Sudamericana did is you actually you know the scouts actually had a chance to see a lot of the South American players. You know when Mexican teams would face them. Like for example, uh, when in, uh, in two thousand when America faced America de Cali uh, in, in the in the Copa de Libertadores. You know, Frankie Oviedo was, you know, was part of that team. And he's really, I mean, he's like, wow. I was like, man, that guy's a really good player. And then that's how I like forgot the, about Frankie Oviedo. Yeah. So like, oh, thank you, bastard. You, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that guy could fucking, he could juke, man. Jesus, I remember him. <laughs> Anyhow, so it's like, and, and, and the same thing, you know, when, you know, you would see these players, you know, that Mexican teams would face. And then like, you know, the next season you would see, you know, that player from, you know, from Belisarfield, or you would see that player from, you know, 
whatever. And it's like, that's how I think the Mexican League should go back to doing it. And, and that's how they were scouting these players because they were, you know, they were facing them, you know, and stuff like that. I, I, I don't think that you really need to make, you know, try to find the next Guignac in France or find the next dude from, you know, from it, Belgium. It's, it's interesting how you say, like, the scouting because that's, that's how Marquez got scouted for Monaco because the scouts were actually, it was during a Copa America, they were actually scouting the Chileno. Yeah. Yeah. And and the scouts saw Marcus and they were like, We need this guy, so they ended up hiring both. Yeah. So, You're right, Ron. I mean that's that's how Dario Verón ended up at Pumas. Yeah. They played they played whatever, I forget what club he was with in Paraguay. And they played him in the Libertadores and said, you know what, we need to bring this guy on and outside of Cabinho I can't think of another foreigner who had more of an impact on the team. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna find anybody who who would disagree that playing in the Libertadores should really be the ultimate goal of Liga MX. It's, it's to get, you know, get clubs back in that, in that tournament um, for a myriad of reasons, for, for exposure, for uh, scouting purposes, for, you know, just proving yourself against some of the big boys on the block. You know? um, I, I think, though, you know, you, limiting it to only four or five foreign players is kind of going a step in the wrong direction. And I don't know where, for me, the, 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 the perfect spot lies. I don't know if it's seven, six, or if it's eight. I think, you know, four or five might be a little bit too few. Like, I think, you know, you bring up, you know, clubs that bring in these guys and they sell them on. Not every player is going to make it. Every player they bring in is going to be a surefire hit. You know, the best scouts in the world scout a guy thinking he's going to come in and, and, and just kill it. And the guy can't stand living in Mexico or he can't stand the team or he hates his coach or whatever. Uh, you know, things fall through all the time and it's, it's not necessarily a failure of scouting or a failure of the player. Um, you know, and I think if you have only four slots for that, you're really kind of putting all of your eggs in one basket. No, I, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from because I've said it, you know, time and time again. You know, when you play with a team, you know, with American stuff like that, some some players just, you know, do not adjust. I mean, that that would be prime example. He just didn't like living in Mexico City. Um, so, I mean, I understand exactly what you're saying, but um, I, I just, you know, Obviously, you know, I've, I've followed the league for a long, long time, but I, I, I personally think, you know, the, 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 the rule that they had before where they had five foreign players, five foreign players playing in, 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 in Provincia and four in Mexico City, I thought, I thought the quality, you know, of, of the league, especially, you know, the foreign players, personally, I think it was a lot better then than, than, than it is now. You know, now granted, also, you know the the, the 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 leagues had that you know the, the long season, which also that also contributes to a team, you know, molding and 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 getting to know each other better over a longer season. I mean, well, I understand you have that to, you have to pick and choose the guys. I mean, if, if you're, you know, one of the reasons why Mexicans have such a hard time breaking through in Europe, if you don't have that Euro passport, it's going to be very hard for a Mexican player to take one of the you know the quote unquote three foreigner spots. Unless they're, you know, they're an absolute cracker jack and, and 
So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that back then, I mean, I mean, I, I think of, you know, I, I think of Pumas in the, in the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, the foreign players they had on their team were, I mean, they were terrific. I mean, and then you can say the same thing about Cruz Azul, the same thing about America. I mean, I mean the, the, the foreign players that they had on those teams were outstanding. And they had to be what? because they had to John. make those right decisions. And you can't waste the spot. John, not, not just the not just the players, but to land in Horacio Cesarini, yeah. who was legendary in Argentina and Italy. That's just that's just huge. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the young fans don't realize just how big of a name that guy was, you know. And to end up in Pumas was just like it's kind yeah. of mind boggling. I know we're kind of straying away from the topic of. English language. That's, that's, that's other... typical of Cantina, Eugene. <laughs> that's why we request I, a couple drinks. <laughs> I'm gonna try to bring it back though with what you just said right now, Joel. With in in regards to what you just said right now, that some of the youngsters that follow the league maybe don't realize some of the big movements beforehand. But I think yeah. we're straying away from talking about what was instead of kind of focusing on what is and what it is right now to, to talk about the present and the future instead of kind of t- trying to dwell with what was in the past. I think right now we're in a situation where the league itself is very entertaining. It's very competitive. If you want to pit, if you, if you want to pit them alongside with what happened in the eighties and the seventies and the nineties, then we can do that. But they're not going to focus on that. These fans, these people that kind of want this coverage in English. Wait, but 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 Ivan, now when when did when did Mexico reach that quinto partido? It's just we haven't been to that stage yet. <laughs> but I, I don't even think that's even a situation at this point to even talk about uh, coverage in, in in language and 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 the demand for it. I think if you if, if you notice, it's it's always. I, I feel like now we're at a stage where people welcome it. People want it, and uh, you know these younger. Kids, these younger, these 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 uh, thirteen to sixteen year olds who are on Twitter, who are on Instagram, who are on Facebook, and constantly kind of see this, you know, kind of being thrown at their face. They're much gonna much rather gravitate towards the English than the Spanish, in a sense, because it's it's kind of who they are, and then that's how they, you know they, they are. But but when they do, it's gonna be Euro based. It's gonna be Real Madrid, Barcelona, whoever and, and, the Neymar, you know, Messi, Ronaldo. But that kind of falls on kind of what we're us as a community, which we are kind of pushing for that English language. The more of us there are, the more content we can throw out there, the more they're going to kind of gravitate towards that. Yeah, they're going to see Neymar, Neymar, Neymar. I'm going to tell you something about content, Ivan. (laughs) Scan out the window, man. You could write a 1,200 super research paper. And it's not even going to get as much traction as a less than 150 character tweet. No, I get that. I get that. I, I get we're not, I get the league is not in a position to, to, to out, to out battle a Neymar post or a Ronaldo post or a Messi post, but it is in a very strong position to kind of maybe, you know, take over a couple of, you know, different, uh, you know, different slots. For example, if, you know, you post out something about America or something about Chivas, something about kind of the big team in Mexico, maybe, maybe some, some people will gravitate towards that more than maybe something that's going on in, uh, the Spanish league that doesn't involve, uh, Real Madrid or Barcelona. Here's a point I have on, on this, on this subject though. The, the problem with the English coverage 
is that the English covers is in a, a country that's not a soccer country, in my opinion. And no, it we're might not be it growing. It might be growing and going that way in, in small spurts. But I think as a whole, the United States is an NFL country, an NBA country, and not a not really a soccer country. It's more of like soccer is for kids. Soccer is for to keep them safe and they won't get hurt and you know playing football and stuff. But um, when you grow old, when the kids grow older, they sort of stray off and they're playing basketball on the courts or they're you know throwing the football around. So look I think this, way, this was look at it this yeah. way: the United States has three hundred and seventy some million people, and you know, yes, it's primarily an NFL country, primarily an NBA country, but kids that like the NFL, kids like the NBA or the NHL or whatever, they can also like soccer. They can also like EPL and Liga MX and MLS and you know, Serie A. They can follow Ronaldo and then come home after, you know, later in the afternoon and watch a Liga MX game. I, don't, I think kind of trying to pigeonhole you know, the U.S. is a soccer country, or, um, you know, it can only be an NBA uh, fan, you can't be an EPL fan or an NBA fan, or something like that, is, is very dangerous. I think because then you start to lose sight of just how many people are out there that could potentially get turned on to it. You know, Liga Mekis has a fantastic product. It has a fantastically entertaining product. It's not going to be necessarily the quality of the top tier Euro leagues, but it doesn't have to be. It's entertaining. It's fun to watch. If Liga MX and the clubs and people like us who cover the league in English can show people, hey man, this this league's fun, alright? Tune in, you're going to see some wild-ass shit, okay? People will do that. People will, will get hooked and, and, and you know, I think that serves the league well. I think it serves us as well as, as writers and bloggers and podcasters. You know, that they can have this sort of discussion and, and be kind of optimistic for a future like that. Well, you guys are absolutely right, but but, but here, here's the issue. The biggest obstacle, and, and you guys are all right, and and, and there's, and, there's and, and yes, and I think, you know, I've, I've been a part of this community now for the better part of the last 15 years or so. And I have seen it grow, and I, and I think it's great. But the only reason that it's grown is because of stuff that we've done. I mean, we don't get any help from Liga Mekis. Liga Mekis, as far as they're concerned, probably don't even know that we exist. And that's and that's on Liga Mekis. I mean, for in 2018 to 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 fanfare that that Club America finally has an English language Twitter, or you know, or or whatever it is. Me that 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 is beyond but even their websites are, are shitty oh, they're well, even, even if they did do a good job even, even if they did do a good job of marketing and had English cha- uh, channels and Twitter feeds and all that stuff this, this is the problem, Like, here's an example like, say um, you have a Mexican first generation family that comes to the United States they have kids we all know if you talk to Mexican Americans that grew up, how hard it is, you know, for them to maybe maybe the, the the first generation knows Spanish, the second generation not as much, and the third generation, you know, nothing. And I think um, that is the problem there because as the generations come, they Americanize, they don't speak the language, they don't even they lose the culture and they lose the, the even passion for soccer exactly, in the first place. That's exactly and, true. Um, they're more likely and, to wait, go see other sports. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and, and yeah, just, but just that's, something that's to prove it, though. That's a generalization. You can't say that that's going to yeah. happen every time. No, uh, no, yeah. No, but even, I, even I, like I, there's, I, a, there's I just a... just don't buy that. Well, you World see, Cup, you see, Cup. you see examples of it all the time, though. Like, say, for example, like Walter and I were talking about a, a, a an NPR Latino uh, segment where they interviewed. Yeah, but, but um, just because you're a fan of one sport doesn't mean you can't be a fan of another. I mean, that, I know. That, that I'm is, not saying that. that. I'm true. saying for that's exactly. I'm saying the majority. Saying. No, I'm saying that the majority of Mexican Americans, huh? as the generations pass, they lose. Yes. They it's hard to teach your kids um, Spanish. It's hard to inculcate yeah. them. And sure, you can sure you can preach to them like Eugene was saying. You can preach to them saying, "Yes, Mexican league is awesome. Soccer is awesome." And you could, and and they might do that. It's so difficult. You're gonna have to hound them and hound them every day. Cheeky, so I'm to what you're saying. I'm in South LA. I grew up in an extremely, you know, immigrant community, and and the majority of my friends they were Raider and Dodger fans, Laker, before football. And that's in I was, LA. I was, I was, yeah, that's straight LA. Where, it, and I'm going way back to when the Coliseum was Azteca del Norte, Mexican national team, any any soccer team, they played eighty yeah, percent of the games at, in LA. And that's 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 and, that's and a great example then, because in many, LA, how many Liga MX games were on TV? Yes, John. <laughs> Like That's one, or two, one, one or two, one or two on Univision. Yeah, exactly. Nah, and then, and then when Telemundo came, they had a, they had like the, they had like a tape, you know, like a tape delay, like a, right. like when, an when old they, game, they like the, match of the week. They play the That's how I got into the MX now. Telemundo. That's how I got into the MX. No, I, I grew up in Florida. Jorge Ramos. <laughs> I grew up in Florida, so we had Univision, we had Telemundo, oh. and I would see these games, you know, and it's, this was, um, you know, right around the time of, of the, the 94 World Cup, and there was no yes. soccer in the U.S., yeah. and I saw these games, I'm like, oh right. my god, there's soccer, and it's, it's free it on my television. It was the only game on TV, and it was once a week, yeah, it was the only <laughs> game on TV, and it was once a week, Good, good and time. Broadcast- I mean... I mean, remember that it wasn't at least on the English side. It wasn't until 1993 that they would actually show a game without commercials. Prior to 1993, if it was on English language, they would cut away. Hey, we're going to take a break. I, we'll I, back in however long. I used to have to risk my life and go to Rita's <laughs> Rita? pool house. Rita's pool house in Houston to watch uh, oh, uh, the, Copa, the Copa Libertadores man, because every time it was on closed circuit, like, it was it was the Mexicans versus. The Central Americans and the South Americans, dude, and I, you know, I, I feared for my life in that bar. <laughs> did, so, did so you talk with the next in round? But but then, but then, but then around 2003, 2004, that's when you know Fox Sports World says, hey, you know, they they, they picked up you know the the, the Interliga and the and the Copa Libertadores. No, so no I, wait, weren't, not... weren't they like '95? I think '95. No, no, when, no. When yeah, the, the, Libertadores. It was Fox Sports America, and it was pretty much Fox Sports Argentina because. All the Liberta- coverage was from TYC. No, Libertadores was actually started Liberta- 20 years on, ago, on, you, on, you know, uh, in, in 1998. So that's 20 years ago, Libertadores. Yeah. I you know, there was only back- one game on. It was Sunday at noon. And back then, I think America <laughs> played at noon. I think Atlante even played at noon. Occasionally. Yes. And that was and the only game we got. But, but hey, in, 19, <laughs> in, 90, in 97, that's when Galavision started. And that's when that's you were it. able to right. watch... Uh, and that's when Chavo. you were able to watch uh, more... Chavo, uh, Chavo del Ocho and, and soccer. 
el, el Cándido Peter, doctor Cándido. Cándido. Cesarín, <laughs> papá soltero. So my, so my, so my, basically my point is as, as, as like this generation right now has kids or is, is, is raising their kids, it's, it's tough to raise them and have them learn their country's language, like Spanish. And their generation, for their kids, it's going to be even tougher. So down the road, I think the, the same with language is the same with the passion for soccer. As they grow in the States and they adapt to the well, culture well, here, you know, they're you going know, to lose that, that passion. Really, really quick, really quick, James, I work, I work. What's that? Wouldn't that be more important for us to have this English language coverage for those oh, yeah. kids who, who are going to start, you know, speaking more English and they do Spanish? Exactly. But, with I, the but that's what I'm saying is that they're going to, as, as they lose the language, they're going to lose the yeah, passion for soccer. Do. You know what, Just really quick, sorry to cut your cheekies. I, I work. That, that's my main job. I mean, I've been doing, I've been doing soccer journalism and covering for newspapers and websites since 2003. But my, my main job is I work with youth, youth shelter, and, uh, yeah, a lot of the Mexicans I see, they're not into soccer, man. They follow whatever is a social trend. So it's most likely basketball or football. They just kind of lose it. They kind of lose the whole soccer. It, it's more like the younger generation or the, the newer immigrants that come in that are still more into the football than, goes, than if you're... Much. If you're first or second generation, you're you're more likely to not follow it. Well, I don't know because look, I grew up in the in, in the Inland Empire. Yeah, I, yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're aware of where that is, right, Joel? Yes. Okay, so in the Inland Empire, and in, in high school, everywhere I w went, everywhere I talked to someone, it was always soccer. Yeah, we would talk European, but we would also talk a lot about Mexican soccer. I would wear my America jersey. People would tell me stuff about it, good or bad. But they were so like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, it... And you know what? And it's part of it. it it's it's part of it, but I it, it, it kind of shows that these kids, you know, in the Inland Empire, where you would imagine a, not a lot of them would have that interest in regards to a, a place like L.A., it, it was all the, it was mostly uh, soccer culture. I also I, think I this think... is a generational thing, too. Um, you know, Joel, you and I are about the same age. Um, Yvonne, I, you know, I, I think you're probably about 10, uh, at least maybe 10 to 20 years younger than, than we are. Um, which is kind of awesome for you. Um, and I think, you know, you're seeing a lot of... Thank you for making me feel old, Eugene. <laughs> you, you and me both, man. Um, but, you know, I think what you're seeing is, is a big shift in, you know, where soccer is now. Uh, in You know, when, when Yvonne, when you were going to school, you know, not too long ago, as opposed to, you know, when I was in school 20 years ago, you know... Not too many people talked soccer when we did. It was around, you know, England. You know, that's because it's all we knew. Uh, you know, a couple of the kids would watch Liga uh I didn't really know enough about it to feel confident talking to them um, about it. But, you know, look at where we are now. You can literally follow any league in the world if you have social media accounts. You know, you, can, find, you can find a team in, in Nigeria and follow them. And it doesn't matter, you know, that you can never watch a game or, or whatever. Liga Mekis has huge advantages. And, you know, with an English language, you can help these kids connect 
with their parents, their grandparents, you know, my grand, my, my, my abuela is a big Chivas fan and, and, you know, I can't talk to him about it because he doesn't speak too much English and I don't speak too much Spanish and, you know, Chivas only tweets out stuff in, in Spanish and it's very hard for me to follow. They had that, there would be a bridge that people could use to connect themselves with their team, with their, their family, with their, with other fans. I mean, hell, that's how I found, you know, a lot of the other people that, that watch Liga Mekis is through social media. You know? I, and I agree with that. I think, I think you're totally correct. And there's many examples of what you're talking about. And what uh, Ivan was saying, like in LA, um, I think Howell's experience is, is pretty rare. I think LA out of the whole United States is a country where generation and generation can grow and still Mexican Americans would still love soccer. They, they would still keep that culture. Um, that's just one part of the country. There's a and whole LA's other part of the country. LA is a huge soccer area too. Yeah, you exactly. Know, LA, I, Texas, and, you know, to some extent, Florida and here in the Northeast, I'm, I'm right outside of Philly and, you know, Philly, New Jersey, uh, you know, a lot of soccer goes on here, but, you know, I think these are very good communities that, that have a lot of people that, that could be turned on to Liga Mekis, um, you know, whether they speak Spanish or not, um, you know, and I think one bridge that, that can be used is, is English language coverage, whether that be through a, a team having an official account, whether it be through people like us doing our thing. But I think that one of the things that the team having an official account does is is to make it more official. The team is actually saying, hey, look, we see you. We see you, people, you know, who, who want to like us or who do like us and, and don't speak Spanish. We see now, you. I, I, I have a, a question for you guys because I think this, this is the, a detail that's being overlooked in, in terms of English. Do you do you see Telemundo or do you see Univision renegotiating with Azteca, Azteca or Televisa? Because once Televisa or TV Azteca, once they whiff, they get that whiff, you know that itch of, of renegotiating because they're they have a larger audience and it's going to be an American audience or, or an English speaking audience. Do you think they're going to be willing to pay and fork up and, and pony up the dough? I think we right. has the power to at at this point to 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 kind of just get their get their own cameras down there and and kind of just make their own feed. It doesn't work but, that way. It doesn't work that way. But but tele- the, Televisa has Univision, Univision. Un, Univision Univision has no no power in in, in Mexico. Telemundo has no, no power in Mexico. Whoever controls that, it's basically the federation, which but, but is Ron, Televisa and, and TV Azteca. Yeah, but but he run. Yeah, Televisa owns stock in Univision, and TV Azteca does but, have but, Azteca but America. But exactly, but they're not full. Uh, but they're not. They're not uh, majority owners. Televisión. No, they're not. They're not. And and keep in mind that they went to court. You know, a couple of years back. You know, uh, Televisa. Televisa actually sued uh, Univision. You know, and and, and it was because yeah. of because of the the, the, uh, the it had to do with you know rights to novelas and stuff like that. Uh, because tele, you know Univision was making more money, and you know Televisa, hey, let's uh, reconsider this deal again. So, hey, to what's that? Answer your question, Ron. I think it is uh, to answer your question. The numbers in the market for the English speaking in in the U.S. is not strong enough. I mean, the, the potential is there. Like Eugene, there's a lot of positive things to look at, but I think 
the probabilities of the numbers being there sufficiently for that to happen. I don't, I don't see that currently so, or I mean, in so, the future. So, so I mean, that, that's going to be, that's going to be another hurdle that's going to have to happen because when, once that, you know, once they think that, uh, once Telemundo or, or not Telemundo, or NBC, who's the actual owner of the Telemundo or, or Univision group, once they want to actually have English, English uh, telecasts and stuff like that. And we're not talking about, you know, a Facebook stream live. We're talking, you know, with Nico and them. We're actually talking about legit, you know, a network. You know, the numbers are going to change. And are they going to, and are they, and are they going to put their money where their mouth is? And, you know, and stuff like that. That's to me, yeah. that to me is going to be yeah. when I say, okay, the English language market is, is there. Yeah. And when, well, take, when they're playing. take an example. The, uh, the numbers, the number, the numbers of viewers watching, say, the Mexican national team in Spanish. Versus the numbers of viewers watching MLS or even the U.S. national team in the in the very same country, which is the U.S. They that's why that's why many of the Mex- us Mexicans say that the Mexican national team is the the national team in the U.S. most popular but, team. But you know what? And so, Chiquis, I'm add to that. I, I think ultimately, if, if you want the English coverage to grow, I think it's going to come with the growth of MLS. And, and there's a lot of Mexican Americans that. They kind of hate it. I, I still don't understand why they take that rivalry a bit too far. But I, I do think if this league grows and it becomes more popular, that's when it's going to, you know, it's going to be better for League IMX. And, and League IMX understand this, which is a big reason they're trying to, they've been trying to do more like, uh, they want to do like a tournament with, with MLS. Another one. Hopefully, this one you know succeeds because uh, the <laughs> Super League didn't. <laughs> the Super League didn't. They've been working no, but, with but they know they understand now. that. It's the Super League Part Two Electric Boogaloo, right? I would watch that. I would watch that. With uh, MLS for a few years now, yeah. um, you know, even just gaining guidance as far as as business operations and that sort of thing. Um, which it, it, I, I think it's a good thing. I think, you know, Liga Mekis would do well to see where they fit in the market in the United States. I think MLS would do well to see where they fit in the market in Mexico. I'm sure that there is probably not a very big market, but some sort of market for MLS in, in Mexico. I think there's a very big market for Liga Mekis here in the United States. And, and I think it does... Then I think they're doing themselves a service by at least exploring it and trying things out, trying things yeah. like, you know. Well, uh, here's the deal. Liga Mekis, until very recently, was easily the fourth most popular sports league in, in this country, in the U.S. And and that was and that was without them even trying. And they had their contracts with Univision with, and with uh, and with Telemundo, and they really didn't do anything outside of that. And the ratings that they would get, especially consistently, and then once they would get into the Nigeria and the finals, et cetera, I mean, it, it, it was blowing away even hockey for sure, and, and, and occasionally getting close even to NBA. Which, uh, and again, that's, that, that's without doing anything. That, that's just, that, that is without trying. And I think that because of that, the Liga Mekis has essentially ignored the fact that, 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 that there is a massive room for growth in this country for that league. Uh, I know that Univision uh, for the past couple of years has put on 
English language versions of uh, you know, their game on Facebook Live, which is nice. ESPN News uh, or ESPN, uh, I guess, in, like 2013-2014, because of the fact that they had the uh, contract to uh, cover the National League game, and, and the only reason they did that was so that they would get the U.S. extra game at the Azteca. Same reason we saw that with FS funding, same thing, uh, uh, getting the Mexican League, the Mexico game, so that they would have that game as well. But now, but now you see Fox Deportes has Monterrey, and they have uh, they have Tijuana. So the Tijuana home games are now actually on, on, on Fox Sports One. So uh, to me, the market's there, and as long as the Liga and Nikki puts forth the effort, and you know, Ron, you, you say, well, you know, they have, to, they have to, there has to be a reason for them to do that. To me, that that, that, that that's, that's kind of backwards. You know, you know, well, why don't you create the market? You know, why why don't you? I mean, if he if he did no effort, and you're getting the ratings you're getting, then you know put a little effort into it, and and, and maybe things will start. That's Spanish speaking, though. The no effort is is Spanish speakers that are watching it. If they put effort in English speakers, I think the numbers are going to be small, significantly smaller. I think they'll be smaller, but I don't think that you necessarily will ever equal the amount of Spanish speakers. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I don't think that should be as a deterrent. You know, even if you're drawing in only another million people in Eng- who watch an English feed, that's a million people more that, that are watching your product. That's a million more people that are going to be interested in going to the game, in buying merchandise, talking about a club. You know, that's that's significant for me. And I think it's a million know, more people that are looking at your advertising. Exactly. You know, and I think that, you know, you have, the, the feed is the same. The feed is the same, whether it's, you know, you have English commentators, Spanish language commentators, whatever. The feed's the same. Uh, the, the, the cost to, to hire a couple of good English language uh, broadcasters, you know, in the grand scheme of things is probably negligible. Uh, you know, I don't see any reason not to do it. And I think that, Televisa, I think that that, that they, they they realize this, you know, that that whatever they're getting for their rights in the American market, yeah, of course they're always going to want more, but you know they're already getting their bread and butter from Mexico, and from you know from that, I think that you know everything else they get from the United States is is, is you know extra on top of, of of that, and I don't think that they would turn their nose up at been offered because they didn't think it was good enough. You know, I, I feel like somebody here is going to pony up the money for English rights and for Spanish rights, and, and it's better than not having your product shown to 375 million people. Hey, yes, gentlemen! I well, uh, gentlemen, I gotta, I gotta leave. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thanks uh, for coming on, Ron. Final uh, thoughts, Ron. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, I don't know, man. After what, 15, 16, 17, 18 years writing and you know, writing and covering Liga MX in English, you know, getting paid peanuts, you know, having to fork out of my own pocket. I don't know, man. I'm I'm skeptical. <laughs> I'm skeptical. You got a free dinner. But but at least I, I got I, a free yes, dinner I, every I, now. I, I got free dinners every now and then, and and uh, and I have a good collection of uh, of uh. Of you know, memorabilia, books, magazines, and stuff like that. 
got a lot a lot of leather bound books you know with stuff like that but no i don't know man i, I i'm hope, i'm I, I i i i'm skeptical but i'm hopeful you know at the same time well yeah. ron i'm with you i i, I too have to head out i, I want to thank you guys for for having me on tonight um and it's been a pleasure chatting uh, with with everyone. Um, you know, if I'm going to leave uh, with anything, um, for me, I think the future of Luganeki in the United States and in, in English, especially, is very bright. Um, I think that the market is there. I think you're seeing a country that is embracing soccer, um, and it's a lot easier to see. A game at seven o'clock on a Saturday night, uh, or five o'clock on a Saturday night, uh, or, or go to Mexico than it is to wake up at you know six in the morning and try and watch something from England or to try and fly to Manchester. Um, so I think I think there's a lot of arguments uh, for why Liga Mekis is going to be uh, even bigger and continue to grow uh, here in the U.S. Yeah, man. Thanks, Eugene, for coming on. Thanks for your input. Good Thank stuff, you, definitely. Take care, guys. Later. Later. I, I think to piggyback off what Ron said and Eugene, I, 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 I get, I understand why he's skeptical and why it is that he, he's kind of a little bit on the fence about all of this. But I think if you look at it, I, th- I think the time is now. I, I, I think you know people like Joel, people like Ron have kind of paved the way little by little and 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 we 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 know that anything that's worthwhile anything great is going to take a time is going to have its long process and i think you're getting to that point in time where the english language coverage is starting to get it's starting to build build and build that maybe now is the right time to start trying to branch out to start trying to reach people because (laughs) the league at this point is international i mean there are people who for example are are part alone we have someone in ireland who follows us and who follows the team uh, we have, uh, we know someone from Poland. You got, you got an who, Irish Americanista? Huh? You have an Irish Americanista? Yes, we have an Irish Americanista. We have someone oh, from Poland who has their own dedicated <laughs> Twitter account to tweet about the team in Polish. I mean, we, you know, there's all these kind of great different stories that, that are out there and you can see that, the, that the English isn't, the English language isn't even just, you know, secluded to the United States itself, but there are people out there in the other side of the continent that are wanting this as well because they're interested in the league because they want to follow this league. And, and, and I'm not just speaking for America's basis, but I'm pretty sure there's people that want to follow Monterrey. We want to follow Chivas, people that, you know, there's, 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 I know there's a guy that, that, that lives in Australia who is a, is a huge Chivas fan. And 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 he follows the the team, you know, constantly. So there's people out there that will welcome it, and it's not just going to be us here in the United States. It's also going to be people all over, all around the well, globe. Huh? You know, it, and, it is. And, and imagine imagine how how much bigger that audience would be for Liga and Neki if Liga and Neki had actually decided to, to to package their league in a way to make it more accessible for folks to watch. You know, we have folks on uh, that live in Spain on our show occasionally. And we asked them, for you to watch a Liga and Nekis game, what do you have to do? And, you know, we, we, you know, unfortunately, they, they work in places, but, but the answer is they have to watch a Pirata because they're, they're, they have no, they're, they're, there's no agreement with, with, you know, with Eurosport or Canal Plus or anything to run uh, uh, the, 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 the Liga and Nekis games on in Europe at all. Our, we have another friend of the show, Tom Harrison and Numeritos, 
you know, yeah. it just happened yeah. to, 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 to <laughs> fall back afterward into watching a Morelia game, and he's been hooked ever since. But but again, it was the same thing. He he had he was just looking for streams, and he found. So again, to me, the biggest obstacle that Liga and Nekis had in, in order for them to become a quote unquote more global product, in order for them to to, to increase that popularity and awareness that, 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 I mean, we all, for years, you know, not just on this podcast, but it's stuff that we've written. I mean, we, we all pretty much agree that Liga Mekis is, is at least a top 10 league. I don't think anybody denies that. It is, oh, yeah. it is a good league. It is a very strong league. It is a very rich league. It's easily the richest league in the world for now. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 but, Again, they're in a bubble. They're in a vacuum. They, they, <laughs> they've done so little to promote themselves outside of Mexico and to the Spanish-speaking audience in the United States that, 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 that to me, if you know, if, when and if MLS does surpass them in, in whatever way, the only ones that Liga Mexico is going to have to play with is No, I agree. The product is there. The product is there. We, we all know it. We see it. We see it every week. As Eugene pointed out, you know, the games are on at a very accessible time for soccer fans. They're on in the late afternoon and the evenings on the weekend. And to me, you know, why why on earth does the Liga Mekis look at the schedule and say, hey, uh, America's playing Monterrey this weekend. Let's put that on. And, you know, what time period do we think is going to be the time period that generates the most viewers? Oh, it's going to be Saturday night. Well, that game's going to be Saturday night. I mean, to, to me, the fact that they don't do that and haven't done that is insane. It is absolutely insane. And for God's sakes, have have Monday night football, please. No, I I agree. I agree. But I, I mean, at this point now, we're trying to we're, we're we're putting all all of that responsibility on the league, which we should. I I agree. I think the league should be doing more, and I think the team should be pushing for more. I think it's just if we're talking about the movement, I think it's 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 good to see these three teams that have done it, and I'm more than sure that that with the more with 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 more time and and more teams see and and acknowledge what they're doing because. I, like I said, I, I spoke to the guy who, who kind of runs the, the, the English language account Club America and, and, and he told me, he's like, you know, we, we know about you guys. We, we know about the, the, the work that you guys are doing. We know about the work that other people have been doing. We, we, we recognize that the club recognizes that that's, that's why we built this account so we can reach, you know, branch out to all of those people. And I'm sure that America's not that, that only team. I'm pretty sure Chivas knows that they, they got a big fan base in English. And I know that there's got to be all these other teams out there too that kind of see this, and you know they're like, yeah, why, why well, not even hop up? Well, you know, for for Chivas, their experiment failed, man, because that was their hope with Chivas TV, and it, yeah, it was a massive failure, which they're not, you know, because cause when they first announced it, they say we're not going back to TV, it's all on streaming. That's where the future is. And they ended up losing a lot of money, and they thought they were gonna, you know, thought it was gonna be opposite. They thought they were gonna get all this, you know, all these subscriptions, and, and it just didn't happen. And and next year, you know, that's when their TV contracts expire, and they're already talking about renewing with TV. They're they're gonna still keep it, but that's it's way different well, from yeah, their original stance. That, that you know that, that, that you know to me underscores another another gigantic obstacle that Liga has. Is that what on earth are the clubs doing negotiating their own TV contracts when 
They yeah. only when, when they're, they're, they're the only inventory that they have an inventory of sixteen games a year. I mean, I understand it if you're basketball or if you're baseball in this country where you have you know upwards of forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty games. Sixteen games a year, boy. There's the league needs to aggregate that and they need to divide it equally, proportionately, however you want to divvy up the pie. But for but but for a team to earn promotion and then to have to negotiate their contract and for the TV people, you know, you're noble swaps. Why on earth are we going to have you on our? We're not going to we're going to lose money putting you on our. No, it, it should be the exact opposite. I mean, it should be a huge prize and reward to come into the first division because you know that right off the bat you're going to get a you know thirty forty million a year just just, just in TV revenue alone. Kind of like the prime, no? Because because you have because your market is not only Mexico. But 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 a gigantic portion of the United States. I mean, the fact that they don't do that to me is absolutely. Well, I think we can all agree that the league is is the business wise, they, they the league hasn't made the best decisions ever. No, I mean it is a an ongoing theme, and I think that that's something that we're going to start seeing. Hopefully, uh, we're going to start seeing that change with the gentleman who's now running the pandemic, Yon De Luisa, you know, a gentleman who I think is at the precipice of professionalizing more so, you know, at least the federation, but hopefully the league will follow suit, uh, you know, to, so, so that they can start doing it. And, hopefully. Uh, I mean, I mean, again, again, to me, I think the league misses a massive, massive opportunity when, when they, you know, they look at the schedule, and you know, at the, at, at the time where they have, you know, the absolute best game on, they have like, you know, Puebla, you know, Pixelmon, you know, Puebla or whatever it is, it's just, just a terrible game at the time where where, where people are are most likely going to be watching the game. It just, I mean, do you think the NFL? On Sunday night football is going to put a bunch of schlubs on. No, they want to. They want to make sure that they have the most attractive game when the most the most people are going to be watching. For Liga Mekki, I mean, do you, I mean, do you think that that doesn't happen in England or Spain or or, or Germany? Of, of course, they want to put their best game on. No, oh, yeah, I, I I mean I I agree in that sense that the league has a lot to do in that part, but I mean. You know, it, it does kind of kind of tie our hands in the situation in in regards to trying to expanding the 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 growth of this English language community. But I think, you know, we 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 and, and when I say we, I speak about everyone that's involved in this. Is you know, the, the, we're, we're pushing it and, and and we're drawing the attention and I think we're drawing the right attention from the right people. I think it's gonna take a little bit, just a little bit more time before we can get that. We can branch off and, for example, I don't I don't know who mentioned it, but. Uh, you know, have that own channel on Onibisa where everything's just kind of English language. I, I, Fox is doing their their thing, you know, with with like you said, Monterrey and and, and Cholos. Now, you know, just little by little, I, I feel like, you know, we're 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 making the right the the right noises. We're, we're we're drawing the right attention from the right people, even if it isn't the league. I think maybe I'm being a little I mean, impatient. I think of that that line in Jeremy Boyer, "Help me, help you." Yes. You know, exactly. I mean, like I said, you know, for years, uh, you know, we, we, we've had this community, this English language community, that, that, that's been doing nothing but giving Liga Mekis free publicity for 
you know, however long, just just this, this, this massive amount of uh, free advertising that we give them and have been giving them, and, and, and it's getting bigger. But you know, you know, they have to help. They have to help themselves in the situation. And, and to me, the biggest thing that they can do is to showcase themselves a lot better than 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 the way that they're that they're doing. Well, it's also a risk, though. I mean, it's a, it's a risk. Creating a Twitter account isn't a risk because it's free and stuff. But, like, say, for example, why doesn't uh, and Nico and them are on, on Facebook Live. Why don't they have their own show on Univision on the main channel, like a half-hour, an hour show in English, talking about the news in English? Well, uh, I know Fox uh, FS1 is, is broadcasting. Mundos failed. ESPN had, had games in English, then stopped. So it seems like it's sort of like a risky proposition to to put money into an actual channel, an actual show, and it not work out. Because I don't know what the ratings are for the FS1 games as opposed to a, a Spanish Univision game. I, I imagine the Spanish broadcast dominates that as far as numbers. So I think well, I, I, think, I, I, I would disagree because I don't know how many people have bought the book. FS1 is available on more uh, carriers. No, uh, no, I. I Fox Deportes is on all the Spanish, uh, the Spanish packages. So if there's any Spanish, yeah, but not everybody speakers, has a Spanish package. So. Well, all the all the people but, that but speak Spanish. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I think I think it, I think they would still dominate because any any soccer fan is going to have the Spanish package. Any Mexican soccer fan is going to have the Spanish package, and they're going to have the uh, Deportes. It's the reason you have the Spanish package. Yeah, exactly because you want to watch the soccer. Um, so I think I think. I'm being well, a little bit impatient. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I might be a, be a little impatient. I think it's going to take a little bit longer, but there's a lot of positives. This is the time is now, like you were saying, Yvonne, for, you know, for this to go forward, for teams to start putting out their English accounts. Um, I think that if, and I might be overestimating their, uh, the league and, and all these, uh, you know, their investments, but I think they're looking for a return on investment before they put down money on certain, uh, like TV rights and all that stuff. Oh yeah. In English before, before they make that jump. And it, it might take a little longer than we hope, than we want. No, yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, let's remember what this all is. It's a business. It, it, it's, yeah, exactly. it's not a sport for them. It's a business. And, and like you said, they're, they're going to want a return on their investment. And, you know, I think Univision has kind of been the smartest one. It's kind of giving Nico uh, and um, I forget the the other gentleman's name. Uh, kind of, you know, giving them this kind of Facebook Live, testing the waters, seeing okay, let's see how much we can get. And if the numbers keep stacking up, I could easily see them getting their own time slot in on Univision Deportes. Yeah, when that that happens, then then that's you know that's the real hope right there. That's some progress being made. <laughs> It is, and and we'll get there. And, and and like I said, I think we're 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 at a great point in 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 movement. And I think you know it's it's important that everyone keeps doing what we've been doing. And you know, you guys with your podcast, and you know, everyone else, you know, with their their articles, and and everyone that's producing out this content, like you said, this free publicity for for the league and and for the teams, it it it's only going to benefit us more than it's going to benefit them in the long run because we're going to get the ultimative here. We're, we're going to get the ultimate reward, which is, you know, see the league that we love and enjoy watching being broadcasted and being talked about in the language that, you know, we talk the most. Yeah, and another another quick point real quick uh, that I just thought of, uh, 
I think acceptance of the English language and English coverage in Mexico is not fully there. Um, and I speak, I speak specifically to, uh, an experience, or Lisa and I were talking about an experience in the, uh, in Azteca and getting credentialed there. It was, it's like a, a circus down there. Um, no, yeah, you know, I, they, I can imagine. And even Monterrey, like I, I spoke to the press officer in Monterrey and pretty got, pretty much got a zero response for a team that's not named Rayados. It's, it's, Chiquis, <laughs> and, uh, Chiquis is very unprofessional when I started. And I'm going back to all three, man. Before Soccer United marketing, if you wanted to get accredited to go to go report on on stuff here in the U.S., you pretty much had to know the people, and you had like Inter America, and you had like Soccer Los Mil, and it was way more difficult, man, than if you applied through SUM. So I I do think that part's still lacking in Mexico, man. Even in Mexico, because yeah, the, the professionalization is, is yeah. something that uh, it's sorely lacking. And like I said, I yeah. think the young Luis is going to start to change that. <laughs> I mean, just the fact, Ohio. just okay, <laughs> just just the fact that did I call him John? I did call him John. Yes, that's John, John de Luisa. <laughs> just just the fact that he has a communication, some you know, someone who was in charge of communication for the first time ever in in, in, in the federation, you know, a federation that has that has made just. Incredibly the world of time and yeah. time and time and time again. You know, finally have a communication officer that that in theory is going to at least it's not reduce eliminate those and at least reduce. So there's hope there. Next week on the show, I, I want to we're going to bring on a gentleman who. Uh, Two hours. Do you guys uh, 
Yeah. Want to wind it down with the final thoughts? Fine. Yeah, my final. I'm gonna go first, chicos. Uh, you don't mind. I feel for English content needs in Liga, in Liga MX to grow. We need MLS to grow, and I know a lot of my, you know, fellow Mexican fans. They don't agree with that. They seem to hate. They seem to loathe, you know, MLS at any cost. They don't. They don't loathe MLS, Joel. They're scared of it. They're scared of it. Yeah, but yep. you know what I mean. They they say like, oh, you, like Vela, your career. You just ended your career because you went to LAFC. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. He's having the time of his life. Uh, <laughs> But I, I do feel that that this league needs to grow, and if any league has the potential to ultimately challenge the Champions League, as far as like bringing in top talent, because who wouldn't want to live in the U.S. You know, like uh, players. That's that's one thing they look at. Like, where would I want to live, or where would I like to relocate my family? And you have like great cities here in the U.S. So I think I think that's where. The U.S. beats Mexico ultimately, just quality of life overall. Because, because fortunately, if you see Mexico, you still have some, you know, some bad stuff going on. Um, but, but if this league becomes more popular and it grows, you know, and it keeps attracting more players, I, I think that's gonna help Liga MX, and and I think Liga MX understands that. That's why they. They've been reaching out to MLS and, and, and there's all these like plans to do like a joint, a joint cup. And then, you know, they want to renegotiate because we had Copa America Centenario and they want to ultimately invite MLS teams to Libertadores. And there's even talk of a all-star game between MLS and Liga MX all-stars. So I think they, DMX knows this, you know, they understand that. Yeah, good point on MLS. And, yeah, so I think I think for us a lot, you know, is to not be so negative on the league. Because I see that a lot with, with a lot of the, the cover in social media. They're, they're too negative. They're just straight. They'll hate, they'll hate on, on any That's player coming at. here. And it's like, dude, you're getting a chance to see this guy on a weekly basis. Or you're going to choose to hate on him or to That's say that his career ended. That's the way I am a little bit. But I must say, LAFC is uh, winning me over. It's, it's slowly so. winning you over? Yeah, slowly. <laughs> Their influence is... <laughs> to me, I, 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 you know, I see these people that, 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 that complain and make fun of MLS. Yeah, I see it as, in the back of their mind, they know that one day, that one day MLS is, is going to be... It's not on par with Liga MX. It's going to surpass Liga MX. Their ridicule is more out of fear than anything else. Final thoughts, John? Uh, you know, I, I, I agree with Foyle. I think that the Liga MX and MLS are joining the hip. Uh, the more interaction they have between the league, the more players that... Mexican players specifically that that, that play to me that, that play in MLS and then vice versa to where it just it just it just doesn't matter that you know that, that LAFC has you know four Mexicans and Cuba America or whatever has three Americans to me that that, that 
then I, I think that that really is where the future is going to be for, for both leagues, really, because outside of those two, I mean, they, they, they need each other because they have no competition otherwise. You know, maybe they'll could do some stuff at Guantanamo, but if you're Seattle Sounders or if you're Vancouver Whitecaps, I mean, you have a game in Buenos Aires. What is that like a 16-hour flight? Yeah. I mean, that's that, that, that is a tough task. So I think that they are that, that their destinies are intertwined, and like I mentioned earlier, you know, MLS is catching up to Liga MX much faster than people. As soon as MLS starts starts getting the, the quality of South American players that we're seeing in Liga MX, then I think that that gap is, is going to close very quickly, and uh, then 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 I think people will start taking MLS a lot more than people do right now. But but I do think that the that the, that the future of both leagues are dependent on each other. Good stuff. Final thoughts, Ivan. Uh, well, uh, my final thoughts are actually going to go to the listeners here and, 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 and kind of just kind of reassure them that, uh, that, that the awareness is there and, and, and to keep doing what, what, what we're all doing. You know, we're a community. In a sense, we're a family. And like I said, the time is now for, for this English language coverage to kind of take flight into a bigger stage. And I think, uh, the more and more that we kind of, you know, you know, fight for what we know and what we believe in, the more that uh, it's going to showcase, you know, to everyone that's listened to this podcast, to our podcast, to any podcast, really, whoever's writing articles, to those who have written articles since, you know, back back in the day, to the people who are starting right now, just keep on doing, keep on persevering, because it it, it is at the end of the day, uh, just all of us working towards that goal, and you know, you got to keep going and, and keep going. And thank you, gentlemen, for having me on. Yeah, thanks, Ivan. Yeah, my my uh. I agree with everything you guys said, and there's a lot of positivity to look at. My, my final thought is sort of unrelated, but something that Hoel said. Uh, I would say, like, the whole, uh, you know, the comforts of living in the U.S. compared to living in Mexico, where, there, you know, there was, it might be some dangerous things or some violence going on. I think, I think that's a little bit overblown. It does exist, but I think in the U.S. it's a lot, you know, the news and everything we, we hear is a little bit overblown. I've talked to a lot of Mexicans that, you know, they're just living perfectly happy lives down there. And, uh, you know, I would, I would encourage like Mexican Americans or even Mexicans that come up here after they're established, uh, you know, think of going back because I know a lot of Mexicans that, that, um, encourage that they look at people that come to the U S and get established, you know, financially and economically. They, they, they expect or they would like for those Mexican Mexicans to, to return back and contribute to the country. So that would just be my quick little thought. But, uh, yeah, to close the show, I'd like to thank Eugene and Ivan for coming on as our guests. And, uh, of course, our fellow at the NMX folks, John, Ed, and, and Ron for making an appearance. So, uh, this is Albert Kampa for the Cantina Next podcast and, uh, we will see you guys. Uh, tomorrow. What's that? Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> so tune in. Tune in, and uh, we'll talk.